I went to my friend's house and I got a call the next day that all my stuff was packed. Wow. Yeah. So that's where I say like my dad really chose her over me. You're listening to the Nacho Kids Podcast, where we discuss all things step family related, real stories, real people, real help. Your hosts are the creators of the Nacho Kids Method and the Nacho Kids Academy Step Family Coaching Team, Lori and David Sims. Hello, David. Hey. (laughs) How are you today? I'm fine. (laughs) You don't sound like it. (laughs) Yeah, I'm tired. Why are you tired? Because I'm the only one right here who does anything. Oh, woe is me. <laughs> now, that's not true because we had a Zoom call the other night, and I told everybody the junk behind me was because you didn't clean up. Exactly. Yeah. So so you're tired from not cleaning up the junk behind me. What's your junk? That's not my junk. Um, let's see. Your junk. That, no, that's yours. That's your oh, scanner well, you that bring, I got. You brought you. me some stuff. That's exactly. It becomes your junk when I bring it to you. Okay. Oh, wait a minute. Look at all the other stuff. Hmm, there's a lamp you wanted. Oh, shit. There's a bunch okay. of metal. All right. So we hope y'all are doing well today. You brought in. <laughs> there's books over there that. Those are your some books. Clothes that looks like. Okay. They, Come on, David. They, Pay two... attention. We got stuff to do. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> we often talk about the Brady Bunch, you know, because that's what everybody talks about. Do you think that the like younger people even know what the Brady Bunches is? Well, I'm getting ready to tell them. Okay. Okay. The Brady Bunch, which was aired from 1969 to 1974. Is that all just five years? Actually, it's less than five years. It was September of 1969 to March of 1974. So less than five years, and we still talk about it. I know. The series revolved around a large blended family with six children. Hmm. The man brought in three boys, and she brought in three girls. Mm-hmm. And who brought in the maid? I believe he did. Yes, it was his live-in housekeeper to okay. help him with all his nasty boys. Is that what it is? Yeah. That's hmm. exactly what it is. We often say, well, hey, wish we had an Alice. That would have made our lives easier. Mm-hmm. But then we're like, what happened to their exes? All right, do you know? I know. Google Googled it. <laughs> Google is your friend. All right. What happened to their exes? The, okay. I'm going to read this to you because... The no conflict bio moms. Huh? The no conflict bio mom. Oh, no, no. <laughs> okay. The question was, whatever happened to Mike and Carol's first spouses, the children's other biological parents? Okay. The answer is, we learn in the first episode that Mike's wife passed away. All right. However... The absence of Carol's first husband remains a mystery. The creator of the show wanted her to be divorced, but the network wanted her to be a widow and thought being divorced was too risque for the times. (laughs) The compromise was that it was never addressed one way or the other. So she was fornicating. We don't know. Well, I guess it wouldn't be fornicating if she was married. She was adultering. We don't know. She had a secret double life. He was either dead or she was divorced. So she wasn't. Or she took her three kids and ran. Or she wasn't adulterated. Because he worked for the Mexican cartel. Okay. (laughs) That sounds good. Um, So anyway, we don't know. Huh. We don't know because they never told us. Because they couldn't even agree what happened. But we do know that Mike's wife passed away. But here's my thing. Back in that day, Mm -hmm. the thought of being divorced was too risque. I know. Like, 
if you were divorced, then you are like marked, like scarlet letter. Yeah. Like, you were what? trash. Well, you know, at least for me, I know when I got divorced, won't go into the circumstances. I'll tell y'all if y'all want to know. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I honestly felt like I had a scarlet letter on me and not because of other people. I just felt like, you know, what's wrong with me? Why did this fall apart? And, you know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, so, you know, I've been divorced and I know why it fell apart. Well, I know why it fell apart, but it's still. Nobody wants to be divorced. You still wonder, like, where did it, where did it go wrong? I know where mine went wrong <laughs> from the day I said I do. <laughs> well, yeah. Anyway. I do know that the relationship that you get into after a divorce, you are so adamant that it has to work. Like, you try your best because you don't want another failed relationship. Do you really, though? I think you do. Because... I see a lot of people in their second marriage. I didn't say marriage. What'd you say? Relationship. Okay. All right. I see people in their second serious relationship. (laughs) (laughs) They, especially if their first one was longer. And when I mean longer, I mean longer than a few months. Um, They tend to have that, I will not take this crap from anybody else again kind of attitude. Yeah. So in some ways, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, they're going to like, oh, I don't want to fail again. I want to do everything I can. But on the other hand, I see people like, look, I put up with this with the first person. I am not even going to put up with this on the second one. Or am I going to put up with anything else that comes from the second one? So it's like the first person got a lot more grace and leeway than the second guy. I say guy, but, you know. I see what you're saying. And that may be the case. Because you did me that way. That may be the case, but in my situation, it wasn't. The second person got more grace than the first. And then the candidates for the third had... They had no chance. Yep. And that's where I came in. If you held your fork wrong when you ate, out. Next. (laughs) How many times have you said, if you would have done that when we were dating... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you'd have been out gone hasta la pasta baby I had my best foot forward uh-huh you hid all that bad stuff from I me sure did i had you fooled uh-huh. all the way to the altar i had you fooled yep see and that's what a lot of these women say she's like well, who's these kids he's bringing into church <laughs> <laughs> surprise <laughs> a lot of these women will be like i was tricked mm-hmm. <laughs> surprise i got four kids you didn't know about yeah. <laughs> now, I knew about you youngins. I just was blinded by the love. Yeah, you were blinded by something. It was that Harley. Is that what it was? And them Levi jeans. Mm. And them Harley boots. Yep. That, that's what it was. All yeah. of which I don't have anymore. And the blue eyes. I do have those. Yes, you do. Look at me as I bat them. Oh, them <laughs> blue eyes. <laughs> All right. So, anyway, now that we took that weird trip down memory lane. Yep. I am curious, and I'm going to have to do some research on it, about the relationships after the first marriage. Mm -hmm. Do you try harder to make it work once you're in the relationship? Now, I'm not saying that you don't notice red flags or something like that. I don't know, because, see, apparently I had blinders on for that, too. But I'm just curious. Let us know. Your second relationship after your divorce, well, actually, your first relationship after your divorce, were you more of... Well, see, now you're going through divorce. You said it wasn't married. The first one was married. After you get divorced, the relationship after that. 
Okay. I hope he didn't confuse y'all. No, because you confused him enough. No, I didn't. <laughs> if I confused you, I'm sorry. All right. So the first one after the first one. <laughs> <laughs> after you got divorced, the relationship after that, do you feel like you tried harder and gave that person more grace or you were not playing games? You were. <laughs> you weren't going to take no crap. Yeah. You weren't going to take no crap. Yeah. I or, think it depends because if you. If you had a relationship where it was really bad, then um, I think you're going to deal with it differently than people that sometimes have a amicable divorce. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway. So I know I wouldn't put it with no crap. I ain't even going there. <laughs> what do you mean you ain't going there? I ain't going there. I ain't going there. I don't know what that's supposed to mean. Anyway. <laughs> Are you surprised you lasted? Is that what you're saying? Oh, my gosh. No, I'm not surprised I lasted. Okay. <laughs> I'm surprised you lasted. <laughs> okay. Our, yeah, I can run with that, but no way. Yeah, I know. <laughs> See, I, I'm trying to behave, too. That's why I'm, like, stumbling over my words over here. This interview is with a stepmom from Idaho. And after talking to her, we determined that the title of her episode was going to be the goody two-shoe stepmom. Okay. Why? Because she's a goody two-shoes. Really? Oh, yeah. Well, compared to you, everybody is. David. <laughs> so she's a goody two-shoes. And we see this a lot, too. The dad has a lot of time with the kids, more than the mom. And then all of a sudden, when he says, well, I need to get child support reduced because I have the kids more than she does. All of a sudden, she wants the kids back. Sounds familiar. And I didn't even have child support involved. Huh? Well, then how, how does that make sense? Because I started out with having the kids a lot more. Right. It was just a different thing that, that came up that you know made her want to change. But And that would be me. Exactly. It's yeah. like, wait a minute, wait a minute. This woman stepping in, trying to act like she's mama. Like, uh-uh, <laughs> my kids ain't loving her. <laughs> you cannot love that woman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is what they were told. <laughs> this lady does not nacho. Okay. She doesn't need to. Good. Well, she doesn't nacho the stepkids. She nachos bio mom. Mm. So I can't say she doesn't nacho. Right. Most people do when they don't realize it. <laughs> right. <laughs> One of the issues she has is her husband does not want to rock the boat mm -hmm. with the bio mom. And we know that happens a lot. Yep. Where it's just, oh, well, we'll let her have her way because it's just easier than rocking the boat. Because if we rock the boat, it's going to be bad. She's going to threaten to take us back to court or she's going to talk crap about us to the kids. Yeah. There's a lot that goes into that decision. Yes. As you know, I wouldn't, quote unquote, rock the boat a lot of times, but it wasn't because I was afraid of what she would do necessarily. It was just because of the exorbitant amount of time that we then had to spend, you know, firing missile emails back and forth at each other. And it was just a lot of wasted time. I know. And I was going, why won't you rock the boat? Rock yeah. that boat, David. Rock that you boat. You need to fire that email off of her and let her have it. Just light into her. And I'm like, for what? It's not going to do any good. Matter of fact, if anything, it just lets her know that I'm upset. And she's like, yeah, <laughs> now I know what to do to get him. Yes. And that is one thing that I've learned. There's no need. Nope. 
the best response is okay, mm-hmm. or, or even better, oh gosh. whatever, whatever, whatever Lori. Lori. <laughs> <laughs> There's no need to defend yourself to a crazy person. I learned that from Lori's ex. <laughs> she got a response. She sends out this big nasty email. Well, he started it. <laughs> and he re- he fires back with two words. Whatever, Lori. And she was madder about those two words than anything I've ever seen in my life. Well, you know, when <laughs> when they, quote, quote, attack us with something, we feel like we have to defend things. Mm-hmm. And we feel like we have to address every single thing that they brought up. Yep. You don't. It's useless. They already think you're a piece of crap. It yep. don't matter if you send you... them roses. They're going to still think you're a piece of crap. Yep. Nothing you do or say is going to change how they feel about you or what they think about you. They're living in their own reality. Mm-hmm. So just say, okay, if that's what you think. If we would have had that, my family wizard or whatever it is to communicate with each other, it would have always told me to rephrase stuff. Cause apparently that's what it does is it's like, you need to change this word. It seems harsh or, you know, um, kind of like when you type something up, I think it's WordPress will tell you the mood. Hmm. It'll say, or maybe it's even Facebook. I don't know. It's really like Grammarly. Oh, maybe that's what it is. But anyway, it'll tell you the mood, you know, whether it's kind of angry or happy or whatever. Yeah. Everything you type is angry. I would have had to just reply with, okay. Well, you type angrily anyway. I do not type like angrily. Bang on the keyboard. That is you. No, I just Clickety, have a, click, a, click, a, click, 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 click. <laughs> I have a loud keyboard. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> David. <laughs> All right. So we are getting ready to let you hear about... The Goody Two Shoes Stepmom. All right, here we go. After a word from our sponsor. There is a way to save your sanity and your relationship, and it's called the Nacho Kids Academy. In the Nacho Kids Academy, you will learn the skills and knowledge to properly nacho, techniques to handle stepfamily challenges, ways to improve your communication, and much, much more. Visit nachokidsacademy.com and sign up today to join other step parents who are seeing the life-changing benefits of nachoing. Again, that's nachokidsacademy.com. Today, we have Stepmom in Idaho. Hey, Stepmom in Idaho, how are you? I'm good. Excited. So tell us how long you've been blending. I've been blending for about three years now. And how many stepkids do you have? I have two. I have a stepdaughter who is 10 and a stepson who's about to turn nine. Were you getting ready to say it feels like more than three years? Oh, yeah. How many years does it feel like? Like forever. Like it just never ends. It does, doesn't it? I think blended life is like dogs' lives. And I've said this before, you know, multiply how many years by seven. (laughs) Right, exactly. So you've been together 21 years then. (laughs) Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. What kind of visitation do you have with the stepkids? Now we have them every weekend. And then usually if they have any extra days off school, we usually have them the whole time for that too. Every weekend? Yeah. We previously had them full-time. Oh, okay. Do you mind my, my asking what changed or why it changed? Yeah. <laughs> um, um, mom just kind of wanted them suddenly. We so long story, but to make it short, we were we've we had them for about two years full time, and we were still paying child support because we never changed the law any of like the law stuff. Mm-hmm. So we finally, I was like, we can't keep paying child support for kids that we have all the time. She sees them every other weekend. This is ridiculous. And mm-hmm. so when he finally asked to stop paying child support, that exact same conversation, she asked for them back. <sighs> yeah. So she took them back. 
So when he was paying child support and she didn't have the kids, that was okay. But when he said he wanted to reduce child support, then she took the kids back. Yeah. Well, let's not sugarcoat anything about this person. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And y'all, I'm usually pretty good at finding a spin on things or giving people reasonable doubt or not trying to judge people. But I don't, I don't get that. I don't get that. No, that one threw me. I just, I could not believe when he said that she, in that he literally called her to talk to her about it. And in that same conversation, she asked for them back and he came to tell me and I was like, are you kidding me? Well, I mean, did he not want to fight to keep them? No, because the only reason that we had them full time is um, she didn't have somewhere to live at that point. So we took them in and then she did have a place. She has a place now that is like stable and we trust. So he was like, well, if, I mean, if she wants to be with the kids, they miss her. We should just let them be there and we'll just have them on the weekend. Okay. Yeah. Now, do you feel like with y'all having them every weekend that you and your husband can't do stuff alone because you do have them every weekend? No, luckily he has like a different schedule. So we have one day together and then one day where he's home with the stepkids. The rest of the time, like the whole weekend, Friday, Saturday, I pretty much am just alone with them. And then he's home on Sunday. Okay, so how do you feel about you being responsible for watching them while he's at work? Honestly, that, I haven't had a nacho my stepkids. Okay. They, from the beginning, loved me. The day I met his daughter, started trying to call me mom, which I don't do, but she tried and mm-hmm. has completely accepted that, I think, because they were kind of young. But, so I don't mind that at all. It's more like trying to nacho their mom. Right. Okay, so let's talk about that for a minute. We hear all the time that nacho this, nacho that, and it seems people think that it's in disengagement, which it is, but that's not solely what it is. Do you see that with the bio mom? Can you see it from the perspective of it's more than just disengaging, that it's becoming more self-aware of your actions and your reactions and letting go of the need to be involved and know everything? Yes, I do. Um, it's actually really complicated because I nacho in a I feel like maybe my nachoing is not the exact like same. Like I don't, I don't disengage. We talk because like I said, I have the kids more than their dad does. Um, I actually end up, I'm the one that usually communicates with her, but I've learned to nacho and like, how do I explain? Um, like she does a lot of things that I feel like are really malicious, but instead mm-hmm. of like saying anything to her, I just, that kind of thing. I just avoid, like I used to want to just like call her and which I never did, but I always wanted to call her and freak out. Now it's just like, okay, you know what? This is just her and this is how it's going to be. And I'm just going to, if she's making mad, I'll just let him deal with it for a little while because it's not my responsibility to deal with his ex. Right. So you communicate with her though. Yeah. And that's okay for the most part. But when she starts cutting up like Cheetah, you're like, no, you can start talking to my husband again. Exactly. And then things swing back around where you jump back in. Yeah, exactly. Like once she'll, and a lot of times I've noticed that Maybe if I say something that I don't even know what I've said, but I say something that maybe upset her somehow, she'll stop communicating with me for a little while and she'll only communicate to my husband. And then all of a sudden she'll start communicating with me again. So hmm. it's like, I kind of just kind of play it by like, if she's comfortable talking, then that's fine. But if she's not, then that's fine. Cause I'm not, I'm not their mom and I'm okay with that. Right. So if she wants to just talk to her dad, go right ahead. But I guess cause they're with me so much, it makes more sense for her even to try to communicate with me. Right, instead of having him as the go-between. Exactly. 
So you nacho her as needed. Yes. And as far as the stepkids, do you get involved with homework or did you? Um, how long ago did they go back to her full time? Um, it's been one year. Okay, so they went back a year ago. Yeah. Previously, I did everything. I would do homework. I would go to parent-teacher conferences. You know, I any kind of event at school, I would, you know, let their mom know about it. And if she wasn't going, I would. And sometimes I would even go if she was, just depending on what it was. Now, mm-hmm. she doesn't even tell their dad if they have, like, a recital or something. Um, she really just doesn't inform us. and homework and stuff I don't I try to not even ask because I mean I know that last year was the first year living there and let's just say it's got their education has gone downhill so their grades aren't as good as they were when they were with y'all well the one year my stepson spent there he's now been held back wow so yeah so I just completely notch of that does that make your husband want to get him back or get them back when their grades are failing because they're with her or does he just look at it as they want to be with their mom? I feel like he just, it bothers him that that's happening, but I don't know. He just doesn't seem to feel the need to step in, if that makes sense. He just kind of, he leaves it up to her. So even if he decided that it was a bad idea, he would not ever stand up to her for it, which is why I not it. Do you think that's because he just doesn't want to start anything with her? He just doesn't want to deal with her? He realizes it's futile to try to? Yeah. And... Maybe he's afraid that she'll keep the kids from him on the weekends. Is that a possibility? I don't think that's a possibility. I think it's more that they've had a pretty good, I guess you'd call it, um, parenting relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that since it's been so good, I mean, they've been split up since the youngest was like a year old. Okay. And they've just been able to keep it so steady that he won't rock the boat. He doesn't want to chance it. He doesn't know what would happen if it went negative. So instead, he just kind of gives in to whatever. Right. It's easier. Yeah, but it makes me crazy. So how do you, let's talk about how you deal with that. Because some people listening will go, oh, heck no, girl. That would not happen with us. You know, he would stand up to her and tell her that she needs to make those kids get better grades. Or he would try to get custody back because he's worried about their future. So what do you do? Well, I was like that at first. But... Slowly, I was just, I realized that it's not my kids. It's not, it's not my kids. And it really doesn't affect, like certain things affect my life in some ways, but mostly like their grades and what happens with their schooling. It's not, it doesn't reflect upon me and it's not my choice because they made the baby. So I just feel like it's not my place to tell him to be like, oh, she needs to do this because he's not going to tell her no matter how much I say that. So why keep saying it? Right. And I feel like we have like, she doesn't have boundaries with my husband. Like she'll still call him crying and stuff. And that's where I push like my boundaries. Like, no, that's not acceptable. She can't call you because she wants to cry about her boyfriend. We don't do that. Oh, so she's trying to be his friend. Oh yeah. So those are like my boundaries, but anything with the kids, I just had to learn that that's their kids and they are going to handle that however they choose. Why did they split up? Um, She cheated on him and then left him because he didn't leave her. Oh, really? <laughs> Yeah. So she expected him to leave her. I'm, I mean, I assume. I don't. I know that she cheated. He didn't leave. She cheated again. He didn't leave. And then she left him. He got with somebody else. She wanted him back. He went back. Then she broke up with him kind of thing. So it's kind of back and forth for a minute. And then it was just done. Yeah. So you understood quite quickly that 
whatever you wanted your significant other to do with her, it wasn't going to happen anyway. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I mean, I guess it took me a little while, but there's another family member that has been trying to push him to, you know, do certain things or say certain things to her for quite a while, and it didn't work for that person. So I realized it was never going to happen for me either. Right. And he just simply doesn't want to rock the boat. Exactly. And he has told me that. He's just, it's been so easy for so long with their relationship that why take any chances of it getting bad? Right. So. Yeah, because he knows her better than you do. He knows what her reaction is going to be. Exactly. And I've seen little bits of reaction and I don't need any part of it. Yeah. And most of the time when DH does say something to her, it's more of, oh, I got under their skin. I'm going to do it again. Exactly. Exactly. And I just, I don't know. It's just one of those things where you didn't sign up for this. Like, I I didn't sign up to handle his ex-wife, and she didn't sign up to have to deal with me all the time. So it's not really my business what they choose to do. Right. And if you don't agree with it, that's okay. Exactly. Exactly. We have our own kid to, you know, parent, and that's enough for me. Oh, yeah. I forgot to ask that part. You have an hour's son. That's two, right? Yeah. And he... He's really, with my son, He's he seems to be even more hands-on, maybe just because he's two and he's a total daddy's boy, but he's also very lenient on my son. Like, I'm definitely the strict parent in the house. Even with my stepkids, I end up being the strict parent just because otherwise it's like a free-for-all all the time. So you discipline the kids You when they're there and it's just you? Yes, yes. You tell them to do chores? Oh, yeah. My, so when I met my husband and he moved in with the kids full time, mm-hmm. I didn't want to do any disciplining or anything like that. I immediately said, let's make house rules. But, you know, if they get in trouble when they're at home with me, because obviously full time he was working and I was just at home with them, anything that went wrong, I wanted him to come home and, you know, like just take care of it. Like, I'll let you know if something big happened and you can deal with it. And that did not work. He hated it. He complained about it. He said that he felt like he was just a bad guy because when he came home from work, he always had to discipline them, which I totally disagreed with. But slowly, as I got more comfortable with them, and they really do just treat me like I'm their mom. They both asked to call me mom till this day. And I don't feel like that's fair to their mom. So I don't do that. But they do treat me as their mom. So I don't. So I don't need to nacho that just because they have so much respect for it and it's not ever been a problem. Right. So you don't need to nacho, period. Exactly. Yeah. Well, not the kids, not the stick kids, but the bio mom, yes, on occasion. Yeah. And even their bio mom knows that I discipline and she's never had any issue with that. How far away do y'all live from her? Um, About half an hour. Okay. So it wouldn't really be feasible for your significant other to get more time with them during the week. No, we had talked when she first wanted them back. We talked about doing 50-50, but just the fact that either place at their school would be, we'd have somebody would have to drive them so far every day. It just wouldn't be fair. Right. So you were talking about other family members. So there's other family members that try to get involved in everything, just can't mind their own business or. Um, actually, I wouldn't say that. It's actually it's pretty positive. It's a family member who my husband lived with full time um, until he moved in with me. Like when him and his ex-wife divorced, he moved in with this family member and they kind of raised the kids together when they had them mm-hmm. on their time. So um, they really look at this other family member as a parent. And 
that parent, that family member has really stepped up. Like when mom was only seeing them every other weekend or even less than that at a lot of times, Mm -hmm. this family member would take them so I could have a break or, you know, when I had my son and stuff like that. So it's actually really positive. Like they get involved in the places that, you know, I think there should be like changes, but I'm not going to get involved because I, I don't feel like it's my place. And right. It's probably not their place either, but more power to them. So if you had someone that was helping your significant other with the kids, that's a family member. We're just going to say grandma, okay? Mm-hmm. Grandma, when you came in, did you almost feel like, too, that there was a competition there because she had been helping raise those kids? No, not at all. Um, that I think that person at first was very, like... Um, wary of me mm-hmm. because my husband has had a few women in and out since my stepkids have been growing up. Okay, and um, so has so has their mom. So I think he was really the person was like just nervous that maybe I was just going to be the same way. Right, just cautious. Yeah, exactly. And as soon as they got to know me a little bit and realized that I'm actually extremely stable, um, they definitely were 100% on board. That's good. So. Yeah, I was extremely lucky. Definitely. So do you go to the same events with Bio Mom? Do y'all end up in the same place or you just basically text and talk on the phone if you need to? When the kids lived with me full time, there was a lot more events. I okay, I grew up in a split household too. And my parents were very good about um being friends. Like if if I had anything, both of my parents could come mm-hmm. and you know, my mom is very much still a part of my dad's family. Like, if they're having a big party and I'm going to it, I can invite my mom and my mom will be there with all of my dad's family. That is great. Yeah, it's amazing. So I wanted to be like that so badly for the kids that when I first came in, like, she ended up breaking up with her boyfriend and becoming, having nowhere to live before my husband moved in with me. So I was like, well, why don't you let her live with you? So she did. She moved in with him for a while. And that just wasn't working. And so when he moved in with me, obviously she moved out. But since then, like at first, I would invite her to everything. I'd invite her to birthday parties, Christmas, Thanksgiving, everything. Because I just wanted the kids to have um, both sides of their family there. I just, I got to have most of that. So I wanted them to have that. Right. And and school events, it's 100% okay. We can be at the same place. But I'd say since since she got in a new relationship, she has backed off of pretty much everything. She will really, she doesn't even usually invite us to the kids' stuff at school anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have to like try to find out about it ourselves. But yeah, I don't know. When we have like a discussion or something, sometimes I'm there, sometimes I'm not. It just depends. Now, if she doesn't tell you about something, do you get mad? Do you say anything or y'all just let it go? Um, I get livid, but I tell my husband and I can like complain to him but I don't I've learned like don't even like I'm not even gonna ask him to say anything to her because it's not he's not going to Mm -hmm. so I can be upset and say something to him and then that's the end of it like okay I complained it's done we're good let's talk about this for a second because a lot of people think that part of the nacho wing is sweeping things under the rug so when you and your husband find out that one of the stepkids had an event and bio mom didn't tell you about it you get mad. How do you not mm-hmm. feel like you're sweeping that under the rug? Because a lot of people seem to think that nachoing is, oh, well, I'll just sweep it under the rug and then stuff piles up. 
So how do you explain that part of it? I think maybe just because I know I can talk to my husband about it and I can let my feelings out. And I know that he's not happy. He's not at his kids' events and that he just feels like it's the safest thing to not rock the boat. And if that means that we miss out on a recital, like I really never should have been a part of any of this because they should be together. So Mm -hmm. if I was never supposed to be a part of any of this, then I should just be happy when I get to be a part of it. And if I don't get to be a part of it, then too bad. And so I guess I just kind of like, I feel like if he's not going to be upset about it and like be mad, then why, why should I be mad that we missed out on it? Right. You're not just sweeping it under the rug because you're not letting it build up. You're looking at it for what it is and you're saying, I have no control over this. I'm going to let it go. Like, let it go. Like it's a balloon with helium. Quit holding on to it because it's not going to do you any good. Exactly. And how do you not resent your significant other for not standing up to her? Because we see that a lot, too, where people say, it's just not attractive to me that he won't stand up to her or he won't even stand up to the kids all the time. Oh, I think I'm still working through that. I think that I feel like that's kind of back and forth because I know that with like, I understand most things, but then there's, every once in a while, there's something that just really bugs me. And when there's something like that, I talk to him about it. But the fact that he won't stand up can sometimes get aggravating. I know when we were paying child support for that two years, that was really hard on me because it's not like we're super well off or anything. And I can't work because I had three kids at home full time. Mm-hmm. So it just didn't make sense for me to work. So that was, I mean, that's a lot of money to go out the door when you also have them full time and are buying every single thing for them. Right. But I feel like if I just resent him, it's just going to ruin our marriage, which, I mean, when they turn 18, we're not going to be paying child support anymore. We're not going to be fighting for, like, finding things out because they're going to be able to tell us themselves if they have something going on. Right. That's true. Girl, I don't know how you went through the two years of paying child support when she didn't even have them. Yeah, it it was definitely rough. Yeah, I don't know if I would have been able to stay quiet enough to where David didn't just get driven crazy. (laughs) Yeah. Like I said, I think just my parents had such a good relationship. Right. Afterwards that I want them to have that too. Now, how old were you when your family split, when your mom and dad split up? Um, I think I was about nine. So did you have step parents? Yeah, I have a few. Uh And I had a terrible relationship (laughs) with most of them. I still, my mom recently married the man she got with when I was in high school, and I still don't really have a good relationship with him either. So from your mom's side, you had one stepdad. I, well, one, well, I had one guy who my mom was with for a really long time that we lived with. Mm-hmm. And when they broke up, she got with this guy. So okay. I guess like two, pretty much. And then my, my dad had one that he was with for a long time, and then... One other one, he was with like a short period of time, but um, I don't know. My mom, her husband, I mean, or yeah, the first one had kids, but they were all grown. So okay. he really didn't, he was a really good guy, but he didn't know how to make any kind of relationship with me. So kind of just like living with a stranger, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. And then her husband now, oh, he was like, there's a lot of backstory, but we just, we really don't get along. We try to fake it now, but like I'm out of the house, so it's not as big of a deal. So we just kind of fake it when I'm around. Yeah. <laughs> fake it till you make it. Exactly. And then my dad, he had the woman he was with for a long time. Um, 
she she really didn't like me and really chose to make my dad choose between us. And my dad pretty much chose them. What? Yeah. It was, he's like definitely made up for it and apologized, but it was a rough time. And so I guess I try really hard not to make my husband choose between his kids and me. And I guess maybe that's why I don't push the relationship with his his ex-wife too much because I don't want them to ever feel like it's my fault. They don't have a better relationship with their dad or something. Right. So your dad had a long relationship with one lady and a short relationship with somebody else. And is he in a relationship now? No. Okay. Mm -mm. So he's single and your mom's still married to the guy she dated when you were in high school. Yeah. And they still, I mean, my dad will still go over and like hang out with my mom and her husband when I'm not even in that state. So that is so funny. And I see it and it's great where you see the exes hanging out and playing games together and just being involved. That's great. But that is so foreign to me. I mean, I know and from my family, I think it's because we're from a really small town. So everybody knows everybody. And if you hate your ex, you're just, you're going to have a horrible life because everywhere you go, you're going to see that person everywhere you go. Like you're not going to go to a party where that person is not at. And so I think it just kind of forces you to be okay with your ex. And I know, I mean, everybody I know out there, your ex is like, even me, high school, I had a high school sweetheart. And if I see him, it's like, I saw my best friend again. It's like not a thing. That's just how it is with everybody out there. And so I feel like in other than really small towns, it's like, that doesn't happen because it's not like you're going to see that person all the time. You don't have to force to get over those ridiculous feelings you have. So it's one of those small towns where everybody just gets along. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. So I guess I'm trying to force that with their parents. It just doesn't work. Well, you're not trying to force it. You're just staying out of it. Yeah. 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 I just wish it was more like that, I guess. Well, honey, it sounds like that you just had the Disney World version of a step family, split family for the most (laughs) part, other than your stepdad. I don't know if you're going to be able to recreate that, but I hope you can. (laughs) Thanks. I hope so, too. So did you ever consider any of your dad's girlfriends your stepmom? I mean, I, I guess so. I consider her kids my step-siblings, so I guess I would have to consider her my stepmom. Um, but I don't know. It was just so hard at first. Her kids and I just could not get along, and then she ended up hating me. So it was just like she, I guess she was my stepmom, but they were together for a really long time. Mm-hmm. I just. I don't know. It's one of those things. When somebody hates you that much, why would you ever call them your stepmom? Right. So how many kids does she have? She has three. And there was a son a year younger than me, a year older than me, and then a daughter that was a few years, like three years older than me. So we were all right there in age. And we all went to school together our whole life. How long were they together? Probably eight to ten years, I guess. I mean, they broke up for a short while, and that's when he was with somebody else. Right. And then they got back together. And he, like... Yeah. And then, yeah, he moved out of my stepmom's house to his girlfriend and then moved out of his girlfriend's house to my stepmom's house. Okay. So altogether, they were together about 10 years? Yeah. And you do consider them your stepbrothers? Yeah. I mean, we really don't talk much anymore, but I would consider, yeah, the boys I would consider my stepbrothers and the girl I haven't even talked to since my dad and and her mom split up. Okay. Did you like the short-term girlfriend? Yeah. So she would have been a good stepmom? Yeah, she would, but she had her own problems that, I mean, I was in high school, but I 
I've always kind of been a goody two-shoe, I guess. And she, I didn't realize that she had like a drug issue on and off. So when my dad got with her, she was not on any drugs. But I guess shortly after they got together, she started doing drugs. And so that's why they ended up splitting up because my dad is not into that. Okay. So, yeah. yeah. That's not good. No. So you admit you're a goody two shoes? <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm definitely like a rule follower. Oh. Like I, I hate breaking the rules. I'm like scared of the consequences. I'm just, I don't know. It's just like built into me. When your parents split up, what was your visitation between them? Really, it was just whatever I wanted, pretty much from the get-go. If I wanted to go to my mom's, I could go to my mom's. If I wanted to go to my dad's, I could go to my dad's, um, pretty much whenever I wanted. So it wasn't a, you have to go to your dad's, you have to go to your mom's? No, but probably just because I was so close to both, it's not like I didn't want to spend time with one or the other. I, um, at least when I was young, I would really go back and forth um, until when my dad got with that woman, um, maybe a year and a half or two years in. I don't know. The drug woman? No. Uh, the other woman? His, his, my stepmom. Okay. We were, he was with my stepmom for maybe, actually, probably closer to three or four years. And then at, me and her got into a fight because I found out she was doing things that I thought were bad. And I said something to a friend and she overheard me and freaked out. And it was just a big, huge fight. And at that point, I moved out of my dad's house. And I feel like I was partially like kicked out of my dad's house because... Like I'm, I went to my friend's house and I got a call the next day that all my stuff was packed. Wow. So, yeah. So that's where I say like my dad really chose her over me because all my stuff was just packed and sent to my mom's house. Did she do that or did your dad do that? I honestly don't know. I've never even asked. I would assume it was her mm-hmm. because I don't feel like my dad would, but at the same time, I don't know. Yeah. And I, um, I really didn't talk to him much for probably a year. And then after that, he would just pick me up and we'd go to the movies or something. I would never go to his house. Mm-hmm. And I didn't live with him again until he got with the other girl because um, I knew her kids all through school and we were really good friends. So I started to hang out over there once he got with her. And when he went back to my stepmom, he begged me to move in with them. So I did. <laughs> and then I went on vacation. And when I got back, all my stuff was packed because <laughs> okay, they minute, were breaking up and Okay, you got kicked out twice. One time because she was mad. Right. And then the second time, it was really because they broke up. So while I was out of state, she moved into my room and packed all my stuff. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. And I just realized that I didn't even think about when we were talking about my husband and his ex-wife. One of the reasons I really let all of that go is my, so my first husband passed away. Oh no, I'm and sorry. And so all of it's okay. So my husband deals with all of that baggage and like the, you know like the random crying or the 5000 boxes of my late husband's stuff, you know, or pictures hanging up and all that. So I feel like I have to be a lot more lenient on his ex-wife since he has to deal with all my grief. Yeah. How long ago was that? He actually I met my husband shortly after um, he passed away four years ago. Okay. So he was there pretty much from the beginning to help you. Yeah. Shortly after he passed away. Yeah. And I know that's hard. Um, I'm curious. Do you ever feel guilty for crying about your ex because you feel like that it may make your current husband think that you don't love him so much? Uh, Yeah. I, 
I usually try to kind of like hide my emotions. You know, I try to handle them, you know, when my husband's not around just because I know that he feels compared to my husband. I mean, my ex-husband a lot or late husband. I don't even know how to say that. Like, um, yeah, my, he feels very compared to my late husband. Um, that's even crazy is that he, he got a job after we got together. He got a job with my late husband's dad. Oh gosh. Yeah. So we're actually really close to my late husband's family. So that comparison happens a lot already. So I try not to you know, show too much of how I feel in front of him. Yeah. Well, and it's not that you quit loving that other person. It's they left. So your husband may think, well, if he was still here, then she wouldn't be with me. Exactly. It's got to be hard. I have a friend that had a husband that passed away um, at a young age. And I know several stepmoms that are the same. And some of them will even post on their Facebook page, you know, happy whatever heavenly anniversary, like still remembering the day that they got married. And it upsets the other, the new husband. Oh, yeah. So it's kind of similar with my husband now. Um, I used to post things, but I would block only him from seeing it. And I just was more doing it for his, you know, I didn't want to hurt him. I knew that it kind of put him in a weird mood because Mm -hmm. he would realize I was thinking about my late husband. But I also felt like it was super, um, I don't know, comforting for me, I guess. Mm -hmm. And somebody told him that there was a post and he hadn't seen it. So he asked me about it and I told him, oh yeah, I block you from those. (laughs) He was very upset. So now I still post. I feel like. I didn't choose to leave that marriage. So it's not like, it's not like if I was talking about my ex-husband, like I didn't choose to leave that, but I also try really hard not to, you know, overdo it or make him feel less or anything like that, because it's not, it's also not like he was probably not looking for a widow to get married to. Right. And I like that, the not making them feel less. Yeah. It's, I think it's just, it's like a hard balance. And I think that's maybe why I don't, freak out about the ex-wife stuff so much because yeah they chose to get divorced but it's still you know like he has to deal with all my baggage right i should be able to deal with his ex-wife so you you've got two stepsons or two steps kids and the hours kid so you didn't bring any kids into the marriage no so you and your late husband didn't have kids together um no we we tried for a long time and Right before he passed away, actually, I was pregnant, and I lost that baby right before he passed away. Oh, no. Yeah. But so, no, I didn't have any kids to bring into the marriage. That's so sad. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like one of those stories you hear on, like, Lifetime. Yeah, a Lifetime movie for sure. So, let's talk about something good, something <laughs> upbeat. When it comes to, like, birthdays and stuff, do you go all out and help celebrate with the stepkids or do you just leave that planning and stuff up to him? Oh no, he can't plan anything. Um, when they lived with me full time, we always did big birthday parties for my stepson. And mm-hmm. then my stepdaughter, we would just go do something fun. Cause she has a birthday that is like in snow. So nobody ever wants to go out and come to it. So we always just like make something else. But now that they don't live with us, we usually just, you know, go as a family to go do something fun. But I always have to plan it because he has no clue. So you don't go to buy a mom's house and hang out there for the kid's birthday? No. Well, you said when, when I went out to her birthday parties, because they lived with me, she would just come to that birthday party. Mm-hmm. But um, now we don't do anything together. It's easier that way, isn't it? 
Yeah. Yeah. I didn't think it would be, but it is. So what's the biggest thing, if you could tell somebody that's getting ready to get into a blend, what is the biggest thing or the most important thing you think you could share with them that you have learned so far on your journey? I think just to not immediately go into the relationship acting like you're their mom and thinking that thinking that there's no boundaries because I think that at first they kind of thought like, okay, well, if they're going to lose me full time, you know, like I should have as much say as everybody else. But right. they're not my kids, so I don't have really any say. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I have say of what happens in my house. But that's only because my husband is super supportive. But anything else, really, it's not my business. When you first started disciplining them, did you use the house rules and say, well, remember your dad said, or, you know, kind of like a babysitter would do? Or did you just kick straight into the, you know, I told you to clean that up. That's what you're going to (laughs) do. I think at first I was more like, oh, well, your dad said. But they quickly, I mean, I just have really good stuff, kids, really. They quickly welcomed me in as a parent and I didn't really have to do that like I kind of just was like okay well if they want you know they want me to cuddle with them or they want this love and affection like they're my own kid then they're going to get everything like they're my own kid and it's really worked for us because like even now my two-year-old you know they know that I'm really strict on my two-year-old so they I'm not it's not like I'm not fair if that makes sense right yeah. No, let me ask you this. With you having an hour's child, no, granted, he's still young. Do you find that you treat him differently? Um, let's see how, I mean, I know he's so young, it's hard to say, but do you get as annoyed with things he does? No, I think that, I think I definitely treat him differently in some ways. Like I used to be more cuddly with the older kids, but I think because they've gotten so much older that I just kind of like, okay, you're too old for this. Right. But like my two-year-old literally sleeps on top of me every night and mm-hmm. that doesn't bother me. Like I'll cuddle with him all day. So I guess like affection. And I also think just cause they're older and. Yeah. It's, it's kind of weird to have a 10 year old laying on you. Yeah. But I think I, but I still feel like when my, my son is older, I think I'll still be okay with like the hugging and him wanting to sit right on, like right next to me. Yep. Whereas it just makes me uncomfortable just because it's, I just feel like there's boundaries. Like, I mean, there was still boundaries even when they were young. I remember them wanting to sleep in bed with us or something. And I was like, no, I, I wouldn't be comfortable if my kid was sleeping in bed with another woman. So I don't think they should be sleeping in bed with me. Right. And I but agree I always with that. I to look at it like that, like not, not push those kind of boundaries just because I feel like, so I feel like I treat them differently in those ways, but it's more so just when I let my kid do that with another woman. And if I wouldn't let them do that, then I'm not going to do that with these kids. So you're trying to see things from the bio mom's perspective. Yeah. Because I know that I would be crazy if some other, if my son was calling some other girl mom. Yes, so I would too. So I'm not going to have them call me mom. You know, like, I just. It's respect. I feel like it's disrespectful if I don't look at it that way. Yeah, I agree with you. I think a lot of times, though, the stepmom wants to be called mom so bad she can't stand it. And it's just, to me, I, I just, I don't ever see me being happy that my son is calling somebody else mom. No, and what is the obsession with it? You're not their mom. Why don't you need to be called mom? Right. Because, I'll tell you, I help raise those kids. I feed them, I clothe them, I da-da-da-da. That's what they'll say. Yeah, it's crazy. I do all of that stuff, too, and I'm still not their mom. Yep, that's right. (laughs) That is so right. For two years, I did more than that person, and I still didn't feel like that's, like, I did not birth you. I did not adopt you. 
So I don't deserve that. Right. And I feel like you can't replace somebody's mom. Like, no matter how close you are to somebody, like, your mom is still your mom. Right. But I want you to think about something. When your son turns 23 and gets married and starts calling his girlfriend's mom, mom, or his wife's mom, mom, would that bother you too? No. Oh, no, girl. It wouldn't me. (laughs) Really? Yeah. I'm your mama, boy. That doesn't bother me. And I think maybe just because my late husband, like, would call my parents mom and dad. Right. And I mean, I've never called his. And I I think it's just because I'm awkward like that. I don't don't know. Um, But I think that I say I wouldn't be okay with my son calling somebody else mom. But then I'm like, well, I guess, like, if we split up when my son is really young, like he is now. And there was somebody who stepped up and did everything for my kid and really loved him like him. Then I might like, and he chose that and not like pushed on, I might be okay with it. But I think it would be like, they have to really be a mom. And I just think that most stepmoms, no matter how much they say they do for their kids, like unless you were there since they were one and they weren't forced to call you out, you know, I just feel like it's different. Yeah, it is different. You definitely have to let the, um, in my opinion, you definitely have to let the kids decide that. And if they want to call you mom, you said yours wanted to call you mom, and you were like, no, let's not do that. Yeah. I mean, my stepdaughter still asks sometimes, and I'm always like, no, or my my favorite thing to say is, ask your mom. So that way, I'm just waiting for her mom to tell her no. Like, just tell her no so that we can be done. <laughs> I get it, too. And I mean, I always wanted somebody in my son's life on his dad's side, um, from a women's perspective that would care for him and make sure that he was taken care of. I'm not saying, you know, play mommy to him, but when he was a baby, yeah. I mean, make sure that the dad's not doing something that he shouldn't be with the kid or, um, or make sure the dad's changed the diaper or things like that. Yeah. I just feel like if they're young enough and somebody steps up and wants to be that loving and like, has more kids and really cares. I mean, I don't, I can't imagine that that's really possible to love somebody else's kid as much as you love your own. But if it is, and you can love my kid that much, then go ahead, be called mom. Otherwise, you don't deserve that title. Okay, hang on a minute. You just brought up something good. You love your stepkids tremendously. Oh, yeah. But you're telling Mm -hmm. me that you do not love them the same way that you love your hours, baby. No, because you can't. You can, I don't, I feel like maybe there's somebody out there in the world that has that, but I feel like most part, especially if you don't come in when they're like a newborn or something, you never got that innocent age where they had never done anything wrong. You didn't get those hormones you get when you push the baby out of you. Mm-hmm. Like how you, it's just not the same. That is one of the things that people say is I love them just like my own. And like you said, maybe there is that 1% or even 1.8%. That somehow can love the children the same, then that's great. But for the majority of us, that is not true. And I can promise you the percentage of people you see on Facebook that say that, they're just saying that for purposes of not being attacked by the stepmom wolves. Oh, and you know what I think it is too? Is I think I used to say that before I had a kid. Mm -hmm. Because you don't know what it feels like. Like you think you do. And then you have a kid and you're like, oh, wow, that's what it feels like. And so I feel like a lot of stepmoms who don't have kids say that because they just have no idea the difference it is. Right. Like, do I love, like, I love my stepkids more than, I mean, 98% of my family. But my kid is like 
obviously you're just it's impossible not to love your child I feel like it's impossible to not love your child more and I remember that being an issue when I was pregnant with my son my husband saying I just feel like you're gonna love my kids less and stuff like that and I was like no I'm not like I was like but as I was pregnant I remember saying I'm not gonna love them less than I do now but I might love them differently or you know love our son more but that's he's biologically my child they have a mom who loves them like a mom they don't need me to right and I've definitely made that more clear now that my son is here. Like when he asks something silly like that, I'm like, no, I don't. Cause they have a mom. If, if I die, my son doesn't have a mom anymore. Right. If I die, they still have a mom and a dad. Mm-hmm. And so I think that helped him understand a little bit more where I was coming from. Cause I was like, of course I love him more. Like it has to, like if I didn't, that wouldn't be fair to him. Right. And see, we've even had the stepkids and my son, we said, how would you feel if I loved the brothers? That's what he calls them. Love the brothers like I do you. And he's like, no, you're my mom. They got their own. And David's kids, I mean, David's kids are older. And we've asked them. And their response is the same of, no, you're my dad. There's something special that comes with that. But girl, if you go in these Facebook groups and you try to explain that, People act like you are a witch. I know. It's insane. Oh, gosh. It's like no matter what, you're immediately attacked. Yeah. Because I mentioned one time in a Facebook post, I said, well, a lady had said, well, I love my stepkids like my own. And she had kids. And I said, well, how do your kids feel about that? And she made it sound like that my son and David's kids were horrible because they, you know, felt like that their dad or their bio parents should love them differently than their stepkids. It's like, oh, well, you must be teaching your kids something wrong for them not to be able to love other people. I'm like, I never said they couldn't love other people. No, it's just, it's ridiculous. It's like, uh, you know, I remember in high school and stuff, having friends, parents who would like be like, oh, I'm mom, you know, and like all the kids would call that girl's mom and she'd be like, I love you, blah, blah, blah. And almost like she'd act like she loved you as much as she loved her own kids and call you her kid, whatever. But when you grow up, she's not going to still be your mom. She's, it's just, I feel like it's the same thing. Like You can pretend all you want, but if you and their dad break up, you really think you're still going to have a mom and child relationship? Probably not. Like, Oh, yeah. Well, I had one lady tell me that her and her husband and his ex have agreed and it is in papers that she will have visitation with those kids if they split up. Yeah, good luck with that. So who's going to lose their parenting time to give you parenting time? Amen, <laughs> sister. Like, I know that if my husband and I split up, that I would still be able to see my stepkids if I wanted to. But I think that's only because I have their brother. You know, <laughs> like, if right. I didn't have their brother, they're not going to be like, oh, yeah, go ahead and go see. Like, <laughs> Their parents are going to immediately want them to forget about you. They don't want to deal with you forever just because you were there for a few years of the kid's life. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. How do you feel when you see stuff like that in Facebook groups where somebody says, well, you're supposed to love them like your own. And then somebody says, well, I don't. And then they start getting attacked. I mean, why do you think that is? Why do you think that other stepmoms want to attack somebody else because they don't love their stepkids like they do their own? I don't know. Maybe it just makes, maybe because it makes it more obvious to people that you, it's like, you know, that you don't really feel that way, 
but you don't need somebody else pointing it out to the world that that's not real. Like, because I don't really think that, I think 98% of people that say that don't actually think that they love their kid as much as they, I mean, their kids as much as they love their own kid. So I feel like it's almost like, okay, don't tell people that because we're all supposed to be faking like we love these kids as much as we love our own. Yeah. It's almost like society is telling stepmoms to be fake or they'll be crucified. Exactly. And all the stepmom groups, it's almost like they they have to like look like they're the best stepmom. Like, oh no, I definitely love my kids as much as everybody else. Because, you know, that's just what you're supposed to do. And if you don't, <laughs> you are the most evil person in the whole world because how could you not love somebody else's kid that you just met as much as your own kid? Right. And that kid is somebody that is a part of the person you love. You're supposed to love them. Oh, yeah. But but it's also the person, probably part of the person that you hate. Because I'm sure... You, That's another I mean, one. Most people hate their person's ex-person. Like, I don't, I honestly don't hate my husband's mm-hmm. ex-wife at all, really. She's actually... I mean, she has a lot of negatives. Don't get me wrong. But compared to most, you know, high-conflict moms, she's not. Like, she's not super high-conflict. We can get along. You know, she can let us be a part of a lot of things. And not be psycho. So, mm-hmm. but still, most people like absolutely hate them. So if you can, ha- you hate half that kid, but you love that kid, half that kid, and you're still going to say that you love them as much as your own kid. Like it doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. And I love my stepkids. Now there was a time I did not, and there was a time they didn't love me, but we have achieved that goal and I would do anything for them, but it comes down to, they are not my kids. Period. Exactly. And yeah, I love my stepkids mm-hmm. and I would do anything for them. And I feel like I've proven that. I mean, I took care of them for a long time by myself, like definitely love them, mm-hmm. but it's just, yeah, you didn't give birth to them and they had a mom to love them. Right. And people try to compare it to, well, what about adoption or what about fostering kids? That is completely different people. That is completely different. It's so different. And adopting, that is your kid then. You are their mom now. Right. It's not, it's not at all the same. And and I can almost understand how parents, I mean, how some girls, you know, love their stepkid as much as they love their own when, when the real mom is not involved in any way. Like if the kid has been abandoned or if the mom passed away, because then I feel like you get to get that connection with them where you are their mom. They don't have any other mom. Yeah, you're not sharing them with anybody. Yeah. So I think slowly you can probably build that there because I feel like maybe that's why I felt like that in the beginning is because I was really the only mom for a while. Mm-hmm. So I felt like I was really getting that connection. But I think that once, if their mom is involved, like you don't get that because they already have that. They don't need that from you. Right. And even if their mom has passed away, they still will have that you're not my mom mentality. Yeah. Well, and I think when I said that, I meant like little, little kids. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, ones that didn't know their mom. Mm-hmm. But yeah, people, kids who knew their mom, then there's, and even if their mom had been, then they're always going to feel like if they knew their mom, they're always going to be like, you're not my mom. Like, Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're great, whatever, but you're still not my mom. Right. Yeah, we tend to forget that the stepkids struggle in this mess, too. Oh, yeah, so much. Mm-hmm. But it's easy to get wrapped up in your own emotions and your own stress and disgust and frustration to where you don't really care if anybody else is hurting. Exactly. Yeah. That's really sad because, like, the kids are the most innocent in the whole situation. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know, girl. Those four youngins that David has, whoo. There was not a whole lot of innocence busting up in this house. <laughs> it was the most innocent in the way of like 
ending up where they are, you know, their parents are divorced or anything like that. Yeah, nah, I'm blessed. Um, my stepkids were pretty good kids for the most part. I think they went crazy after they left, not while they were here. And I think that's one thing too is that even if you have pretty good kids, like even if your stepkids are pretty good, you're still going to complain about them because like anybody else's kids in the whole world are going to make you crazy if you have them with you a whole bunch. Mm-hmm. Like if it's not your kid, your kid can do the exact same thing that your stepkid's going to do. But your stepkid's thing is going to make you way more mad. Right. You know, if if my stepkid spills something all over my carpet, I'm going to be livid. If my two-year-old does it, I'm like, well, he's two. You know, it's fine. <laughs> and oh. when you get older, or not when you get older, well, you will get older, but when your son gets older and he leaves his dishes on the table, it's not going to make you as mad as when the stepkids do it. Exactly. And I guess for me, I have like the lucky thing of being like, well, I mean, she's nine years older than him. She should know better. <laughs> So I have that forever. I mean, she's a lot older than him. Yeah. Well, you said you listened to the podcast. So you know the talks David and I have about how things are different with my 14-year-old than I expected them to be with his 14-year-olds. <laughs> exactly. But that's everybody. I mean, I've watched so many of like my family's, my family and their kids and stuff be the same way. It's just, God, it's not... <laughs> It's just not the same. And or even your own kids, if you think about it, though, usually like if you watch a family dynamic, it's usually like their kids are even inside their actual biological children are treated differently for some reason or another. My aunt, the oldest kid was always spoiled rotten. The younger two are disciplined and get in trouble for things. The older one still gets away with everything. And let me tell you, that kid is trouble. He is in high school now, does drugs, doesn't go to school. Horrible. Other two kids, great grades, does, you know, perfect kids. Because they have structure. Well, like you said, though, and that's in a nuclear family. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Or my late husband, his nuclear family, they were so strict on the two oldest, and he's the oldest. And the two youngest, no, they get away with everything. Mm-hmm. It's just, it happens in every family. I think it's just shown even more when it's your stepkids because there's somebody to get offended for them and to blame it on just the fact that, you know, not the fact that, oh, they're, they're way older than my kid, but just the fact that they're not my blood. Somebody's always going to blame it on the fact that they're not my blood. Right. It's acceptable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's crazy. Well, stepmom in Idaho, it has been great speaking with you. You too. Thank you so much. We appreciate you being a guest and um, make a note. I'm serious. Don't think I'm crazy when I say this, but make a note in five years. I want you to contact me and you be a guest on the podcast again so we can talk about how it is with your son growing up and getting older to see how many times you're like, yeah, <laughs> I expected too much out of my stepkids. <laughs> <laughs> right. I want to do that. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. You know, we talk to a lot of people, not just on the podcast, but in the Facebook group that are widows. Mm-hmm. And I think that adds a very deep complexity to the blend or the relationship because These people, the widows, they still grieve their loss. So say, for instance, I was a widow. You and I got married. And on what would have been my anniversary with my ex or... It wouldn't be your ex, would it? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Be your late husband. My late husband. Not your ex-husband. So say on the anniversary of my late husband, I want to make a Facebook post. And I post, happy heavenly anniversary... So and so. I know we're not in that situation, but do you think that would bother you? If I was a dead guy? No. <laughs> <laughs> if, if you were the new husband. If I were the new, yeah, it would. It would because I would feel like that you are not all in. 
you're still holding on to a, a past relationship, whether he's passed away or not. But it's not like these women chose to end that relationship. Circumstances resulted in the end of the relationship. Mm-hmm. So I, mean, I, I get it where you're coming from. I I don't know. I don't know how I would feel if I was the person that lost the spouse. I'm just saying that's how I think I would feel if I was the person involved with that person. Well, I know the people that I've spoken with, a lot of them will block their current significant other from seeing those posts or they post them and then they'll also at the end put, but I'm thankful for my new husband or whatever because Mm -hmm. they feel guilty for posting that and don't want to hurt the other person, but they want to post it because they still are grieving and still are attached to that person. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, too, it might depend on like how long it's been. So if it's been three years, for example, and we got married like two years after it happened, I think I probably would feel differently than if we were married 10 years. Right. And you and you're still posting stuff like that, but then again, I might not care at all. I don't know. Yeah, it's one of those things where you you think you would do or say something or feel a certain way, but you don't really know until you're there. And yeah. it just all depends. I think it would depend to how I feel about you, and I guess the level of involvement I think I have in the relationship. Like if I felt like you were just pouring everything into the relationship. But then you post this on social media, I wouldn't really think that much about it. But mm-hmm. if I thought you were kind of halfway in and you were posting stuff, then I'd be like, oh, my gosh. You would probably think, well, she's only with me because that guy died, which is true. I think you'd be with me first if you hadn't met him. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe that's how people need to look at it. <laughs> I but- mean, I don't know how I would feel about it, but I do, I do think that a lot of, at least for me, a lot of it would depend on how I, how strong I think our relationship is. If I feel like that it's already either not that great or I feel like you're not really all the way in, you're going through the motions, then that would feed um, thoughts into me that would think that you're still hanging on to that. It's like you're competing with a ghost. Right. And you can't win. Right. You know, because he, especially when you have somebody who passed away early in a relationship, you know, so they didn't have time to screw up a lot. <laughs> and so, you know, this is the best person ever. We were married five years. And it's just like, you never made it to the seven-year itch. <laughs> David, <laughs> you are so insensitive. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know. Well, my heart broke when I found out that her former husband had died and that she was pregnant at the time and lost the baby. Soon thereafter. Uh, that's terrible. Because now you got two losses to grieve. Mm-hmm. That's, that's beyond terrible. Whereas you would think that when he passed away, she may have thought, which I didn't address this with her, but she may have thought, well, at least I've got this baby that we created together to, mm-hmm. you know, and then she lost the baby. Yeah. And then she's got to grieve by herself because, like, she's not in another relationship. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure she had friends and family, but that's not the same. Well, she's still really close with her former husband's family. Mm-hmm. And her new husband actually went to work for his family. <laughs> Why do we hear that so often? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> These people work for each other. Uh, maybe he needed a job. I guess. But 
Speaking of needing a job, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Ooh, okay. I, I was going to say something about baby daddy. <laughs> 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 well, let's put an announcement out there. <laughs> Help me get my child support. Please hire my ex. <laughs> hey, we could do a website. Oh, gosh. Help my baby daddy. Help my or, baby daddy. Or my baby mama get a job. <laughs> and you could type up their resume for them. Oh, that's funny. Hey. So, you going to do a resume for your ex? No. <laughs> I did his first one. He's probably still using it. It's like, what are your strengths? None. <laughs> <laughs> what are your weaknesses? <laughs> Women. <laughs> yeah, that would probably be a lot of guys. <laughs> so anyway, sorry to get off on that tangent. It just, opportunity presented itself. But I bet a lot of women would probably try to help get their baby daddy a job and vice versa. <laughs> yeah. You women are so nice. Be so we thoughtful. We are so nice. You're so nice and thoughtful to make sure your baby daddy keeps a job for his own benefit. You know, some people hate the term baby daddy or baby mama. Mm -hmm. It cracks me up. It's always <laughs> cracked me up. All right. We'll say sperm donor and egg donor. Now, see, that's that's even worse. I know it is. That just, yeah, that's worse. Well, it's better than other things that we've heard them called. But, you know, I mean, I've got a good sense of humor for the most part. And, you know, I have this bad habit of going, oh, you're knocked up. Not you're pregnant. <laughs> you're knocked, you're knocked up. up. You got knocked up. <sighs> yeah. So I do have a non-politically correct sense of humor. Uh, well, yeah. But it's not as bad as David's, as y'all know. What? Yeah, dude. You're an insensitive, <laughs> unpolitically correct. I don't follow politics, sorry. Individual. Me either. So that's why we ain't going to talk about it. <laughs> I don't follow the news or anything. Nope. We got enough to worry about, <laughs> enough to keep us busy without following the news. So if there's something going on in the world we need to know about, mm -hmm. somebody might want to message us and tell us. I just heard there's a coronavirus thing happening. What? <laughs> a what? A beer virus? <laughs> we're supposed to be sheltering in place. What? <laughs> Apparently, we've been doing that for years and didn't know it. <laughs> we hadn't lived since January 2019. <laughs> uh, the only reason I left in is because I had to go get milk. It's still in the refrigerator. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I don't cook. <laughs> saltine crackers. That's what we eat for supper. Oh, Lord. Hey, cereal. saltine crackers and peanut butter is good. Dried cereal. <laughs> Remember that kid that was a friend of one of your kids that would not put his milk in his cereal? He ate them separately but together. Like, he would have a bowl of milk beside him. A bowl of milk? A bowl of milk and a bowl of cereal. And he would take his cereal and dip it in the milk and then eat it. He wouldn't put them in there together. I guess it won't get soggy that way, will it? It was that tall, skinny kid. Oh, yeah. Justin? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Because I'm like, what are you doing? You know, because that was when I couldn't keep my mouth shut. Yesterday? Yep. It was. <laughs> it was yesterday. <laughs> but anyway, that's about all I got to say. All right, folks. Well, that's our show for today. Thanks for listening. We'll be here again. Oh, Next David, David, David. <gasps> what? We didn't say anything about the scholarship. That's too late now. No, it's not. All right. Any of y'all still listening? Thank you for listening till the end. We saved it for the end because we know you are the ones that are dedicated. Yeah. So you deserve the right to get Nacho Kids Scholarship. Right. So how can they get the Nacho Kids Scholarship? To apply for the Sylvia Crack Hour Scholarship to win a free month in the Nacho Kids Academy. 
send your video telling us who you are. Would be great. How long you've been blending, how many stepkids, bio kids, hours kids, neighbor kids, etc. <laughs> and why you think that you deserve a scholarship to the Nacho Kids Academy. Mm-hmm. And you can email that to us at contact us at nachokids.com or you can email us a Google link or a Dropbox link or whatever to the video if it's too long to email. Yep. However you want to get it to us. And the only thing we ask in return is that you write an anonymous testimonial at the end of your free month scholarship about the Nacho Kids Academy. Yep. That's it. So get them in. Get them in. Where you can uh, get a chance to win because we have plenty of uh, free months to give away. Yes, we do. All right. Are you done now? I'm done now. Okay. So again, thank you for your support. (laughs) That is our show for the day, folks. You remember that commercial? What? Bartles and James? I think it was Bartles and James, and Mm -hmm. the guy would hold up a sign that said, Thank you for your support, Ed. Yep. I remember that. Sorry. Thanks for rabbit holding us. Squirrel. All right, that is our show for today, folks. Remember to um, come back next Friday because we'll be here. And uh, make sure you apply for that scholarship so we can get you in and get you fixed. (laughs) Let us fix you. (laughs) All right, so join us again next week when you hear Lori say, Darn it, David. I didn't think I'd have to keep nacho in your kids after all these years. For listening to this episode of the Nacho Kids Podcast. Find us online at nachokids.com. Until next time, remember, life is good when you nacho.